wicked, wicked. Get down to business. I don't got no time to play around. What is this? This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Well, happy Friday. We have a short show today. We're out of here in 45 minutes for Cubs baseball. Pat and Ron will have the call. Danny Bishop is in for Kira today. Danny, I probably should have asked you who the Cubs were playing. Uh, <laughs> More like, than three seconds into the show. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I will not be the expert today, uh, but I, right. I will program it later. All right, fantastic. All right, Cubs baseball coming your way, 1245 for the pregame 121st pitch here on Des Moines' home for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, coming up, the coolest finish to a spelling bee ever. I have I did not I did not see this coming. And I will play you the cool... I mean, it's unreal what these kids can do. We'll get to that, the NBA Finals. But I want to start with... We're, we're still doing cards, by the way. What's that? Cards. Cards? The, the card series is on. Oh, yeah. so Cubs and Cards still going. Okay, Cubs and Cards later. All right. So I want to start with some ridiculous nothing burgers that my friends in the media on the national scale are losing their freaking minds about. That's not a big deal. I got two things, and it's all about my quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, all right? He is in the headlines again. I will give credit to people who say Aaron just loves the spotlight because he does. And for the last few years, Aaron has gotten what he wants, and that is to be in the spotlight, to have everybody talking about Aaron Rodgers. You know, is Shailene Woodley and vacationing in Hawaii, and is he coming back? He's not coming back. All that crap last year. But... Aaron, I don't believe, has done anything incredibly egregious to get everybody angry, up in arms, talking about him, frustrated over the last five days. But lo and behold, everybody freaks out. Because I feel like Aaron Rodgers has all of a sudden in a lot of people's minds, and I think it has to do with his stance on COVID and the vaccination and everything like that. Remember, I'm immunized but not vaccinated. But I think Aaron Rodgers has become a villain to so many people, and they're looking for ways to get Aaron Rodgers. Um, To me, the two big controversies this week are ridiculous. And I want to start with what happened after the match. Now, I didn't watch the match where he and Brady beat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Didn't care. Uh, It was on. I knew it was on. My wife and I are watching a docuseries or a reenactment series on HBO Max called The Staircase or The Stairwell. It's a reenactment of a murder that happened 20 years ago, and my wife's really into that. It's frightening how into murder podcast my wife actually is. And then to rewatch the documentaries and reenactment. But it was on, and afterwards, I woke up the next morning, and I'm like, oh, this is the big story that everybody's talking about. I'm going to read you the quote from Aaron Rodgers that's got everybody up in arms. He was asked about retirement I think about it all the time, Rodgers told Ernie Johnson during the QB talk segment after the match. When you commit, you're 100%. But the older you get, the interest change, and the grind, I think, wears on you a little more. The football part is the easy part. That's the joy. It's the other stuff that wears on you and makes you think about life after football. Tommy obviously set the bar so high playing for so many years, but I can definitely see the end coming. And everybody started freaking out about Aaron Rodgers, talking about retirement. And Aaron Rodgers, is he, is he committed? And would, does this sound like the kind of guy that wants to come back and play with this team even though his boy Devontae Adams is gone? Is this the, the guy that 
the Packers are are, are going to be fully invested behind? Is or is he is he thinking about other stuff? Just because Aaron Rodgers at thirty eight, going to be thirty nine. Just because Aaron Rodgers is thinking about retirement all the time, doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers isn't committed to playing for the Green Bay Packers. I think about retirement all the time. But that doesn't mean I'm not committed to my morning show job over on Laser 103.3 or here on ESPN Des Moines. Who doesn't think about retirement? Danny Bishop, you've been, you know where all the bodies are buried in Des Moines radio. I've been around the block. You've been, but you, do you think about retirement? I'd love to retire. We'd all love tomorrow, to retire but... tomorrow. But we have a job, and Aaron knows he has That's a right. job. And what sucks for guys like Aaron Rodgers when he gets asked a question about, you know, have you thought about retirement? He's damned if he does, and he's damned if he doesn't. Because if he says no, we're, we know he's lying because that was in the possibility of what he was going to do last year. And if he says yes, then the firestorm ensues. Like, for example, ESPN's Diana Rossini. All right? She was on uh, Key John, J. Will, and Max, as heard here on ESPN Des Moines, and said, here we go again. Here Congratulations, Aaron Rodgers. You now get the headlines again. Because guess what we're talking about to start off this football segment? Aaron Rodgers again. We did this all last year. Is he going back to Green Bay? What is he doing? Is he going to stay a Packer? Now we're going to have conversations about him retiring Look, Key, you can speak to it better than anyone here. The grind, I believe him. When I talk to players about camp, training, just dealing with everything that comes with football, it's exhausting. Just like anyone driving to work right now, we're all tired of work. But I I truly believe that he loves the game, and I do think it's going to be really hard for Aaron Rodgers to walk away from football with just one Super Bowl. I I think he's going to keep taking a bite at the apple to try to get one because he knows he pays attention to all of us. He hears us talking about it. I don't think he wants his legacy to be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game and only one once. And it's fine for him to have thoughts about winning another Super Bowl, and it's fine for him to have thoughts about retirement. I mean, I, I will guarantee you every, especially older quarterback in the NFL, but every quarterback in the NFL has thought about retirement, whether it's Russell Wilson, uh, Tom Brady, obviously the questions come up all the time. Rogers, Matt Stafford is a quote, a quote-unquote, older quarterback i'm sure gets asked about it uh fitzpatrick just retired today ryan fitzmagic is done and i'm sure he thought about retirement for the last five years as he was bouncing around to all those teams bart scott whose show i interrupt every friday barton hahn weekdays right here on espn des moines from 11 to 2 is that what is that what the commercial says i think it's 11 to 2 is that right danny I think it's three hours, 11 to two. Yeah, All right. I think so. Yeah. Freaked out yesterday. Listen to this. I thought he retired when he was going to play Jeopardy. Um, but it's he true. felt like he had something to prove. Yeah. He won MVP. And I think he felt like with Devontae Adams and the crew coming back that he could win a Super Bowl. I don't know if he still has that same confidence that he had when he had. Come on. You don't know if he still has the same confidence just because he had Devontae Adams and the, the roster looks a little bit different. Thank God for Keyshawn Johnson. All right. Thank God, Keyshawn Johnson from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. The question was, is it news or not news? Thank God Keyshawn is the level-headed one on that show. It's not news, especially for somebody like me, because this is it's not news, especially for somebody like me, because this is what all great athletes who have been playing a game for a very long time say. 
oh, the, 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 I see it. The, the end is near. It's coming. You know, you can't play 45%. You got to be all in. You know, it, it, it's that's what's going to happen. He's almost um, 40. I mean, he's looking at, it, you know, pretty look, soon. In the end, his time will come just like everybody else's. Tom Brady just continues to keep playing and playing at a high level. Everybody can't do that. Everybody can't follow what Tom Brady is doing. For whatever reason, Tom Brady, LeBron James, however they're doing it. Found a youth. They yeah. continue to keep doing it at a high level. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't happen for everybody. But it's a freaky outlier, Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. And not- I'm not going to be talking about whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to retire all the way to January because I really don't give a damn. <laughs> Thank you. Like, every quarterback thinks about retirement, especially when they're into their late 30s, if they're lucky enough to play in the NFL into their late 30s. Peyton Manning, I'm sure, was asked about it the last five years of his career. Eli Manning, Big Ben, all the guys from the last crop of quarterbacks. Rodgers and Brady are the two old guys in the league right now. Drew Brees is done. It's just ridiculous for people in the media to explode about an answer about, I think about retirement all the time. When I guarantee you the people asking the question are thinking about retirement all the time. We look at athletes differently, though, because their jobs aren't like our jobs. You can't compare. People are like, oh, you get paid $30 million to play a game. No, they get paid $30 million to fill a stadium and generate revenue for the owner. That's what they get paid $30 million to do. Their job is not like my job. And it's strange because usually Colin Cowherd blasts everything Aaron Rodgers has done. Maybe Cowherd's getting older, getting softer. I don't know. But I agree with what he had to say about Aaron Rodgers. He's a different cat, and he's not defined by it. I know somebody fairly close to Aaron, and this person close to Aaron said, I got news for you. In the offseason, he's not sitting down breaking down film. It's not who he is. Just because Tom's won more, it doesn't mean Aaron should sell his identity or be inauthentic. It's like he just don't want to sit around and watch film all the time. It's not who he is. He's more gifted and naturally talented than Tom. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm single. I don't have kids. I want to do this. I want to go to concerts. I want to travel. I want to, like, I get it. Yeah. I, it, it's just, it's unbelievable how people in the media, and I know right now dogging the media is low hanging fruit. It's easy because you're over the last few years, they, they've been pounded that the media has been lying to us and, you know, ban the media, defund the media. You've heard all of that garbage. But, man, sometimes when, when media starts, and Mike Florio did it over at ProFootballTalk.com or Pro Football Weekly or whatever it is, they started just talking about how can you talk about retirement at this. I'm like, dude's 38, been in the league for almost two decades. Of course he's going to be thinking about retirement. He's made more money than God. He's got four MVPs. He's got a Super Bowl trophy. He's the greatest thrower of the football the planet's ever seen. He doesn't have Tom Brady's trophy case. But he's got nothing to worry about. And then if he wants to come back and try to win another one, that's fine. The other ridiculous, stupid, nothing burgers surrounding, this is actually what I was going to lead with until the match happened, is the fact that Aaron Rodgers and others have not been at OTAs, the Voluntary Organized Team Activities up in Green Bay, and uh, head coach Matt LaFleur was asked at his press conference, what, two days ago. And this, of course, this lit a firestorm of nothingness. He was asked, you know, who's there? And he's not sure. Uh, we had a team meeting. I, I don't think I saw, you know, it's not like I'm taking attendance in there, but you're kind of just looking out into the crowd and seeing who's there. And, you know, our guys have been, done a really good job of, of letting us know when they when something comes up or they can't make it or 
or, um, you know, apparently it was pretty challenging to get into Green Bay last night. A lot of flights getting canceled all across the country. So we're missing a couple guys that we had anticipated being here. But um, as far as any new guys, I don't think so today. I think we'll see some new faces tomorrow. Not today. He was specifically asked about Sammy Watkins there at the end. And uh, when I watched Matt LaFleur in that press conference, the question came from over here. Is Sammy Watkins here? Not today. And he just, that was it. Like, he just, whoop. Normally coaches will be like, not today. We hope to get Sammy in here real soon. We're excited to have him be. It was not today. You could tell he was pissed. You could tell that Matt LaFleur wasn't happy. And if you listen to him, he's not happy because... Not everybody is there, and it, I, I know they want everybody there. Each guy has that right to make that choice. If you're asking me, I want everybody here. Some of the thought process may have changed over what's transpired over the last two years, especially with our COVID situation where, you know, we didn't have OTAs. And then, um, but my, my always, my thing to our guys is, well, neither did anybody else, you know. So everybody was playing uh, had the same circumstances that they were dealing with. So obviously now with everybody being open and you'd like to see as many guys as possible here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Pro Bowl corner, Jair Alexander, linebackers, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, and also Sammy Watkins, the new wide receiver, among others, are not at Packers OTAs. Aaron Rodgers has said he will be there June 7th, 8th, and 9th for the mandatory minicamp. He told Pat McAfee that he would be there. I saw Twitter explode when Rodgers didn't show up for the OTAs. You know, he did the match a couple of days ago. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need OTAs. All right? Aaron Rodgers... Aaron Rodgers doesn't need the OTAs. You know who needs the OTAs? Jordan Love needs the OTAs. Christian Watson needs the OTAs. This is OTAs. This is helmets and shorts. There are no pads. Nobody's hitting anybody. They're not getting super deep into the play the playbook. This is kind of like orientation. Like, all right, because they did rookie camp a couple weeks ago. And then the OTAs are like, all right, everybody come on back. That we need to we need to have everybody learn a few things. There's nothing Aaron Rodgers could do at OTAs that he's not going to do either at the mini camp or when we get to August and we actually get to training camp. I know the argument is, well, he has to get on the same page as the new wide receivers like Watkins or Christian Watson, who they took in the second round. And, you know, it's good for the young guys to have errands. It's not like we go from OTAs here in May and then start the season week one. There's an entire month, and if there are other quarterbacks that are skipping OTAs, I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes, if it's Dak Prescott, if it's Justin Herbert, if it's Russell Wilson. Wilson's probably there because it's the first first time with the Denver Broncos. But I don't care if these guys are there. They're great players. Aaron is a great player, and there's nothing that Aaron isn't going to be able to get on the same page about with Watkins and Watson and Alan Lazard and all the other guys, just like everybody else all around the NFL, that they can't accomplish in August. They have a whole month where they're living in the dorms. They have a whole month back in Green Bay. They have a whole month of practices, three to five, six practices every week. I know the practice schedule changed about six, seven years ago. They're not doing two-a-days anymore, which I don't like, but whatever. But it's like, what? Why are we freaking out about OTAs, organized team activities that are voluntary? 
They're not required. You don't have to be there. Now whatsoever. He's going to have plenty of time to get Christian Watson on the same page and, and Sammy Watkins on the same page and to dive deep. They're, it's not like they run two practices in August and then that's it. They run three sets and like, well, you would. People freak out over so much stuff in this world. Everything is not a huge deal. And Aaron Rodgers not may, being at OTAs is not a huge deal. If they lose in the NFC Championship game or in the divisional round like last year, it's not going to be because Aaron wasn't there June 1st. All right? He is too good of a player, all right, that that he's good enough of a player as the rating two-time MVP where an OTA practice on June 3rd isn't going to matter. Stop with this insanity about Rodgers missing OTAs. Again, Jordan Love needs the OTAs. Jordan Love definitely needs the OTAs. And if Rodgers does retire, back to the first thing we talked about, if Rodgers does retire, then good. Jordan Love can cram more and get his swagger back. I read read something today that said Jordan Love didn't have his swagger last year. He had it the first year, and he had his swagger back at OTAs. Awesome. Get your swag on, Jordan Love. Do it. Get on the same page as Watson and everybody else. Trust me. Rodgers can open up a book and get on the same page as anybody. It's just two gigantic nothing burgers surrounding my quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, that people just need to stop freaking out about. Hello, if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, you're listening to us here in uh, in Des Moines on 102.1 FM and 1350. Follow us uh, on Twitter at ESPN DSM. Coming up a little bit later, the coolest finish to a spelling bee I've ever seen. What did Tyreek Hill really say? But up next, what in the hell happened in that fourth quarter last night? I'm rarely surprised when I wake up at 4 a.m. I was shocked AF when I turned on my phone. That's next. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Cards and Cubs coming up. Game two of a four-game series from Wrigley Field. Twelve forty-five for the pregame with Zach Zaidman, and then Pat and Ron will have the first pitch for you at one twenty. And then, of course, game three tomorrow. Game four is coming up on Sunday. Cubs have won three in a row, by the way. Rare Monday off. <laughs> it's a rare three-game win streak for, for this Cubs, Cubs team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I will get to the coolest finish to a spelling bee I have ever seen in my entire life. But before we get to that, now, as you probably know, I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. But since they're out of it, I, be, I root for the Warriors. All right? Call it cliche. Call it bandwagon. Whatever you want to call it. I love watching... Steph Curry play. I think he has, and I have said this for a long time. Go back and check my tapes. No one in the last 50 years has changed the game of basketball more than Steph Curry. He's the most influential basketball player since Wilt Chamberlain because they changed about a dozen rules when Wilt the Stilt was playing back in the 60s and the 70s. All right. So I love watching Steph. I've always loved watching Steph. Uh, I think the Steph slander this week has been absolutely ridiculous. Anybody who doesn't think Steph is one of the, fine, top 10, top 12, top 15 players in the history of the game, whatever. I don't think he needs the finals MVP, but it would shut a lot of people up if he got a finals MVP. 
He should have won the finals MVP back in 2015. He averaged 26 points per game in that finals, but they gave it to Andre Iguodala because he played good defense. That was a, a crime. So last night, I'm watching a little bit of the NBA finals, Celtics and Warriors. I hate the fact the game started at 8 o'clock. Can't stand it. And I hate the fact that we have two days off now before we get to game two. But as I'm watching, especially in that third quarter, patented third quarter run by the, the Warriors. They always do this. If you watch them, especially in, in the playoff in the playoff games, come out of the halftime and just, you're down four points, boom. End of the third, you're up 14. That's just what they do. They blitz you. They have the greatest shooter of all time. They have another one of the five or six greatest shooters in the history of the game in Clay. I think Draymond Green is often not worth the trouble he causes, but a lot of people will fight me on that. So I'll just say Draymond is one of the most well-rounded players in the NBA, both sides of the court. To me, this is a Warriors in six finals. That's what I said yesterday, Warriors in six. So they come out of the third quarter, come out of halftime into the third quarter, and they do their normal thing. You know, Steph had 21 in the first quarter. He had six threes, a finals record. And you're like, all right, they're going to run away with this. But you know Boston's really good. Boston known for their defense. Not the most exciting offensive team, especially if Tatum's not hot. And Tatum had a bad a bad night last night, 3 of 17 from the floor. So I turn off the game. I go to bed. I wake up at 4 in the morning for my day job. I do the morning show on Laser 103.3. But I go to bed at 4, like a good, responsible morning show host. Danny, I go to bed thinking, no, no. Warriors got this in the bag. They're up 14 after the end of the third quarter. They're at home. Steph's having a great night. Clay's playing all right. It'll be fine. I wake up and I get dressed in the dark in my living room because I don't want to wake my wife up. So I go grab my phone. I'm getting dressed. I'm looking at my phone I'm like, oh, what was the score of the game last night? How much did the Warriors win by? What? They got blown out at home? How did this happen? Boston outscored Golden State 40-16 to in the fourth quarter. In, in Oakland, or in San Francisco, they moved across the bay this year, or to the new arena. 40-16, to what in the hell happened? They hit nine threes. Boston hit nine threes in the fourth quarter alone. Boston only hit 21 for the whole night, but they poured nine of them in in the fourth quarter. And Golden State, I think... After the 14-point lead at home, they're like, all right, put our feet up. Don't have to worry about anything. We're good. We are good. We are up what? Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, oh. They they checked out. Golden State checked out and didn't play four quarters of basketball. Meanwhile, Boston was like, we're down 14. So what? We've been down a bunch just ask Celtics guard Marcus Smart. We've been counted out all year, rightfully so. You know, we've had moments, but we, we continue to fight, and that's who we are. Over the last couple months, that's who we've been, that's our identity. I think it's stuck with us for a reason. We have great players around around us, and you just got to stay confident. Like Derek said, we're always telling each other to stay confident because it's a game or two where we're going to need to help our team win. You know, they're going to do a good job on Jalen and Jason and everybody else, so... He hit four threes in the game yesterday, scored 18. And I said, if you follow me on Twitter at Mike Wickett, I picked Warriors in six, Steph is the MVP. Pretty chalky. I understand that. But that's just the way that I feel. But I said, if you want to find a good value for a finals MVP sleeper, that dude is your sleeper because he's going to play great defense. And if he gets you 18 to 22 at any, any given point in a couple of games, 
He's like the Andre Iguodala from 2015, and he was plus 3,000 to win the MVP. Steph was minus 110. Steph's the favorite. So when I when I woke up and I saw what in the hell happened, I start looking at the stats and I see nine threes and I see 40 to 16 because they got outscored like 38 to 14 or 38 16 in the third quarter by the Warriors. After the game, big man Draymond Green just he looked down at the stat sheet and was in awe of how well uh, Boston shot. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll figure it out. Uh, watch some film, but. You know, they have guys that put pressure on the rim. So you're going to have to rotate and help. And we'll have to figure out where our next rotation is coming from and do it. But they hit 21 threes and Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Derek White combined for 15 of them. Guys are good shooters. They combined for, what, 15 out of 8. Where's Smart? 7, 8, 15 for 23. My math right? 8, 7, and 8. 8, 7, and 8. Yeah, that's 23, right? Yeah. 15 for 23 from those guys. Yeah. You know, so be fine. The thing is, Draymond, you listen to him. Draymond is a character. You know Draymond Green if you've you know watched any of his stuff, his commentary. He didn't sound very worried. And I don't know if the same can be said for the rest of the Warriors, for the rest of the Dub Nation. I, I, I feel like Draymond is just kind of taking this lightly. And you, I don't know if you're supposed to freak out or be in the dumps. But Draymond has to pick his game up. I hate. When my guy Giannis shoots threes for the Bucs. If I'm a Warriors fan, I hate when Draymond Green shoots threes. He was 0 for 4 last night. He was actually 2 of 12 from the floor. And only scored 4 last night. And he had, what, 11 boards, 5 assists. Like, if if Draymond can give you 15 a night, that's great to go with the 11 and the 8. That's what makes him so well-rounded. And he's tremendous defensively. Boston is bigger than Golden State. So he has got to work extra hard defensively along with Kevon Looney against the big men that Boston has, like Williams and Horford and the the big bodies over there. But that doesn't explain what in the world happened in the fourth quarter when Boston went crazy from three. Here's Clay Thompson. I think we had some costly turnovers. I mean, I missed a couple great looks, and then they got some great looks from three. That kind of blew the lid open for them. You go 51% on 41 shots from the perimeter. It's hard to beat a team that way. You know, I don't know if it's rest or rust. Everybody's trying to make excuses. And I was listening to Barton Hahn before I got on the air, and they took a call from somebody who said they just got to get up to speed. They haven't really been challenged. Talking about the Warriors. Haven't really been challenged with a great team so far. A well-rounded great team. Because who they, they, they played uh, Memphis. Ja got hurt. Dallas didn't have much else other than Luka. Finally, you have a gritty, tough team in Boston who's got, you know, five, six, seven guys that you have to worry about at all times. This is the toughest challenge, and that's where it should be. The toughest challenge should be in the NBA Finals. Meanwhile, what's Boston done? They went through KD and Kyrie in, in Brooklyn. They went through the defending champion Bucks without Chris Middleton, but they still had to go through Giannis. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, it was a seven-game battle. It was a war with Miami. You know, it's the whole rest versus rust. The Warriors got three extra days off, four extra days off. Were they rested? Were they rusty? Didn't seem like it after three quarters. You know, you can't play the, oh, they were rusty card after three. Because they were up 14 after three. Were they run out of gas? Were they too rested? I, I don't never, I never liked that argument. Rest or rust or rest or rust. 
Meanwhile, Boston's like seven game series with Milwaukee, seven game series with Miami. Boom, let's go. We are not slowing down. We are battle tested. And by the way, not only did they win by a dozen, 120 to 108 in game one at Golden State, they did it with a bad performance from Jason Tatum. I still feel really confident in my Warriors in six pick. But all of a sudden, it's like, what happens if Tatum goes off for 40? Like he did against Milwaukee a couple of times. What happens if that happens, if, if he goes nuts? Then all of a sudden, the dynamic in this series changes. What if on Sunday night, which, by the way, why are there two, two, two days in between games one and two? This is ridiculous. They should be playing Saturday and then Monday. If you want to travel, they find Tuesday. But this is dumb. But if Boston goes back up 2-0, I think the series will get back to Golden State. But man, oh man, all of a sudden, Sunday's game two just became a ton more interesting. But these are the Warriors. We know that they've got plenty of guys that can score. We know they've got plenty of guys that can shoot the three in Steph and Clay and Wiggins. Otto Porter had four last night. He was automatic last night. So this series just got a little more interesting than I thought. Because there was a chance I think people were expecting maybe Golden State four, maybe five. All of a sudden, boom. Boston says, no, 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 no. Everything that's happened since we made the coaching change, everything that's gone on, there's a reason for it. We are fighters. We are gritty. We are tough. We are not backing down. And that's what's going to make this finals great. Coming up, Cubs baseball. Cubs and cards. Got Zach Zabin with the pregame coming up at uh, 1245, 121st pitch with Pat and Ron. Still to come, the coolest ending to a spelling bee ever. And what did Tyreek Hill say? That's next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One hundred two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. I'm Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Happy weekend to you, Cubs and Cards game two of a four game series coming your way at one twenty. Uh, we've got the pregame for you at twelve forty five. So about uh, thirteen minutes from right now, Danny Bishop is here with me. Danny, yes, sir. Are you a good speller? I'm fair. All right. I used to be. I think. I think spell check. I think. My phone correcting for me, mm-hmm. and I think working in radio have ruined my spell. <laughs> I mean, well, I may have slipped too because spell check is always there. Right, auto correct on your phone when you're right typing. Now. I write, oh, yeah. you know, I I definitely shrink words. We've all, I think we've all gotten lazy. Like instead yeah. of writing what w h a t, it'll be w u t. That's where I'm at in mm-hmm. life, and I think in radio, I've definitely because what we're supposed to do in radio is. We don't have to spell something right. We have to spell something as if we were to read it and say it. yeah. Exactly. So your name might be something that, you know, the way you spell it is is the right way. But if it's like Kaufman, like the stadium down in Kansas City, I was writing it out for we're giving away tickets to Motley Crue and Def Leppard next week at Kaufman Stadium. Mm-hmm. But I know that my partner Heather may not know how to say Kaufman Stadium the way that it's spelled out. So I wrote Kauf, C-O-U-G-H, sure. dash man, Kaufman Stadium. Yeah. That may be a thing now because of the industry, the phones, the spell correct. So the National Spelling Bee, the reason I bring this up, went to 
a the, the strangest finish I have ever seen. I didn't know this was actually a thing. But the uh, the woman who won, the young girl who won, she's an eighth grader named Harini Logan. And she went into the finals. Now, she got bounced but got brought back because of a technicality because they gave her the wrong definition of a word. And so she gets into the finals against uh, Vihan Sibal, a 13-year-old a thirteen-year-old kid. Um, and they get into the, the spell-off. So there were a bunch of words that they normally go through to eliminate everybody. They get down to, like, the finals. Both kids miss four words. They bring them back. They go to the spell-off. And what you have to do here, and this is brand new last year, I think, during COVID maybe, they give you 90 seconds to spell as many words as you can. Okay. All right? I have the... the, the Lightning round. It's a lightning round of spelling. I have the list of words... Here, Danny, I'll hand you this while you when we play this, all right? Spelling bees are terrible. Listen to how this girl just rocks the lightning round. Your first word is spielbone. Hold on, stop it. Yeah, we, we want to make sure we get this right. Your first word is spielbone. S-P-E-A-L-B-O-N-E. Freatophyte. T-H-R-E-A-T-O-P-H-Y-T-E. Gaidiang. G-A-Y-D-I-A-N-G. Parison. P-A-R-I-S-O-N. Eximer. E-X-E-I-M-E-R. Tokia, Tokia. T-O-Q-U-I-L-L-A. Glocus. G-L-O-C-H-I-S. Apolma. E-P-A-U-L-E-M-E-N-T. Kara. C-H-A-R-A. Mayutic, Mayutic. M-A-I-E-U-T-I-C. Calicothere. C-H-A-L-I-C-O-T-H-E-R-E. Teosinti. T-E-O-S-I-N-T-E. Cicerary. S-I-S-C-R-A-Y. Akari. A-K-O-R-E. Buachal. B-O-U-C-H-A-L. Saccharose. S-A-C-C-H-A-R-O-S-E. Talisai. T-A-L-I-S-A-Y. Vesicate. V-E-S-I-C-A-T-E. Semet. S-E-M-M-E-T. Corepiscopus. C-H-O-R-E-P-I-S-C-O-P-U-S. Nipophia. Nipophia. K-N-I-P-H-O-F-I-A. Hantish. H-O-T-T-I-S-H. Malbrook. M-A-L-B-R-O-U-C-K. Ornithorhynchus. O-R-N-I-T-H-O-R-H-Y-N-C-H-U-S. Nyandabai. N-A-N-D-U-B-A-Y. Moorhen. M-O-O-R-H-E-N. Are you... What? I could never do that. I mean, first, the only, there was one word that had tequila in it. It was Tokila, T-O-U, I'm sorry, T-O-Q-U-I-L-L-A. I don't know what it means. I don't know what any of these words mean. That is impressive as all get up. Because I, th- I mean, we've all watched the spelling bee and it goes into like round 40. And it's the same two kids or same three kids spelling words back and forth. And the thing can last for a day of just the finals. So they came up with this idea. They had it was like a vocabulary round and then the really difficult word round. And then this was it. And she beat this kid Vikram by six. The word, the winning word, according to scripts, was Morhen. M-O-O-R-H-E-N. Any idea what it means? Take a guess, no, Danny. No clue. I know. Why would we? It means the feet. I think of Agnes Moorhead when it, you say that. Not, and it's not Moorhead State. It's not no. the university. Yeah. Uh, it means the female of the red grouse because that was the, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means either. I'm going to need, 
you know the word is tough when you need someone to explain and define the words from the definition. That's when you know it's a little bit ridiculous. So she uh, she won $50,000 in cash and prizes. She's the first ever Scripps champion to be reinstated during the competition because, again, she spelled a word wrong, but they gave her the wrong definition, so she got reinstated. She also, along with another kid, in uh, towards the end, both spelled four words incorrectly as well, but she wound up surviving. All that's going to matter 10 years from now, she can say, I was the uh, the spelling bee champion. And there were some changes along with the format of the finale. There were some changes as well, like it wasn't on ESPN for the first time ever. Normally, this thing is over on ESPN. It was on something called Ion TV. Oh, yeah. You know Ion? I know of it. Okay. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, it was on Ion, which I had never heard of in my life, um, and Bounce both of those are broadcast locally. Okay. I All believe right. they're both local, but Bounce for sure. I okay. mean, they're on like the sub channels. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and also, LeVar Burton was your host. Oh. <laughs> Shorty LaFords. I mean. And the, the uh, Reading Rainbow guy. If you can't get him on Jeopardy, at least he can host the spelling That's bee, right. right? If That's we can't get right. him to host Jeopardy. Uh, and I guess there were some weird commercial breaks, kind of broke up the action. There's some audio glitches as well. So first time not on ESPN. Goes to the spell-off. And again, congratulations to uh, Harini Logan Harini Logan for winning the Spelling Bee Championship in the 8th grade. I was never that good at being a speller. Not at, especially not that young. Uh, All right, so we're going to get out of here in less than five minutes. Cubs baseball coming your way. Cubs and cards. Uh, I saw this story real quick. I know we got a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans around here. And I know you're going to miss Tyreek Hill because he is one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League and has been traded for five draft picks of the Miami Dolphins. So he's not going to be at Arrowhead. He's going to be playing down there in South Beach. I didn't know Tyreek Hill had his own podcast. I mean, then again, who doesn't have their own podcast? Danny, do you have your own podcast? I did. I did for the first five years of podcasting, and, so, then, I, and, and then I quit. You got out once got they became out. two million That's podcasts. Right. That's right. So Tyreek has his own podcast. Uh, I think it's called, it has to be said. And so he's on with his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, the best agent in sports. All right. Drew is the guy that gets you the money and listen to the, this was just the teaser video, especially the back end. But first the conversation talked about how Tyreek wanted to remain a chief. And once the season was over, we reached out to the Chiefs and we said, hey, you know, we want to we want to keep it going. Tyreek wanted to be there. You know, Tyreek wanted to be in Kansas City. That's that's well, you say that again. Oh, Tyreek wanted yeah, to, be in Tyreek wanted to be in KC. Wanted, wanted to be in KC. We tried to do an extension with that. Tried, man. So I got a follow up question yeah. on that. This wasn't a situation that you demanded a no, crazy amount of money. See, right. No, this I was a situation mm-hmm. where. You know what you're capable of. Drew knows what you're capable of. Correct. The team knows what you're capable of, mm-hmm. but they just didn't utilize you. Now follow up on that. Right. Do you think this was a situation to suppress his stats, to drop that value down when it came to a potential trade or assignment? You, you know. Uh, <laughs> no lie, no lie, no lie. <laughs> that's the teaser. Wow. So the full podcast comes out next week. Like that's the teaser to get everybody talking because I'm sure – Rosenhaus will do a million interviews. Tyreek Hill will do a lot of million interviews, uh, or people will speculate a lot of the interviews. Before I get to the part about 
um, did they basically slow play some stats for Tyreek Hill, did Pat, which I think is garbage. The very beginning of that, where Rosenhaus is saying we tried to do an extension with them and Tyreek wanted to be in KC, and then you hear Tyreek Hill interject and he says, say that again, say that again. He wanted to be in Kansas City. Tyreek could still be in Kansas City if Tyreek really wanted to be in Kansas City. But Tyreek Hill is no different from Aaron Rodgers. Tyreek Hill is no different from Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or any athlete ever except Tom Brady. All right? If Tyreek Hill, who already made a boatload of money with his last $80 million contract, if Tyreek Hill wanted to be in Kansas City, Tyreek Hill would still be in Kansas City. He's lying to you. Or maybe he's partially lying to you, but he's spitting some BS at you. Tyreek Hill took the biggest payday in the history of the the NFL for a wide receiver when he got traded to the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill may have wanted to be in Kansas City, but only if they were going to pay him $30 million a year, and no wide receiver is worth $30 million a year. Not Tyreek Hill, not Devontae Adams, not DeAndre Hopkins, none of them. All right? So to say Tyreek wanted to be in in, uh, Kansas City and to have Tyreek say that again is hot garbage. Tyreek didn't want to be in Kansas City unless he was going to be paid a ton of money. That's why the uh, the deal happened. That's why he got dealt to Miami. I mean, and by the way, Tyreek Hill had uh, 1,239 receiving yards, 111 receptions, a career high. You really think that's suppressing stats? He set a career high in catches. <laughs> that's unreal. Danny, thanks for hanging out, bud. Had fun. Thank you very much. Uh, Cardinals and Cubs. Cubs baseball straight ahead. Zach Zaidman will have you coming up. And then uh, Pat and Ron at 120 for the first pitch. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out on the uh, the Facebook page. My name is Mike Wickett. This has been Wickett's World. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.